Welcome to Two Songs, One Couple, where a geeky metalhead husband swaps songs with his nerdy country girl wife. Grab a drink, get comfy, and join us on our musical chat. We ran through the whole gamut of Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Oh, yeah, we binged that. But there's one season left, and I think that it's on air right now, and they just announced that they're canceling the show. No. So they never resolved it. You mean resolved, like, the plot? Yeah, there's a few plot devices that were ongoing. I hope at least they do a special where they wrap it all up. I don't know if you've seen The British Office. No, I couldn't get into that. Yeah, there's only two seasons, and then they had a special to wrap everything up. Spoiler alert. It's hella old, but their version of Jim and Pam, they never resolved that relationship. And so in the special, they resolved that relationship, and they ended the show there. And so I hope they do something similar, but otherwise it's just going to be blue balls. <laughs> just like um, Last Man on Earth. Yeah, and that's okay. But for Kim's convenience, I yeah. do love that show, though. I do love it. Even though the one season was a little slow, it was still like a good entertaining thing to binge and just like mindlessly watch. The majority of the cast is Asian, and it's a family of Korean immigrants that immigrated to Canada. And it really speaks to anyone that has had the immigrant experience in their family from both perspectives. Like the parent, they immigrated and then the kids are like the first generation westernized children. And the the conflict between the two, I guess, cultures, even though they're the same family. And so it reminds me a lot of my experience growing up. Just some things that hit home were like... The daughter was finding out more and more things about her parents. A lot of Asian parents don't necessarily talk openly about their past. And so she was like amazed to find out these things about her mom and her dad. Yeah, like her mom was a dancer. She's like, you dance? Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you haven't checked it out yet, binge watch it now. It's awesome. Yeah, there's four seasons of it on Netflix. Kim's Convenience. So this week, uh, we decided to switch it up a little bit where we kind of wanted to do a Bizarro Reverse episode. It's a crisscross applesauce Crisscross applesauce episode. The idea was Sam's. Of course, because all great ideas are mine. False. And uh, <laughs> what if we turn the tables and I gave Sam like a country pop or something in that arena? Something she usually gives me and vice versa. What if she gives me a metal song? Yeah, and I had to... Dig deep, yo, because all the bands and shit that I listen to that are in the metal genre or even the harder rock genre, I was exposed from you. I can't give you an Opeth song because you flippin' know all the Opeth songs. I was like, Mm -hmm. God damn it, so how do Mm -hmm. I find something? I hope you appreciate that struggle when you are giving feedback on that song. No, I do. I understand. For me, it wasn't so hard because there's an endless mountain of pop and country. It was easier to find something in the pop arena. There's a ton of it, but country since it's not really a genre I like so much. Finding something country that I also like was nearly impossible. So this is the closest thing that I could find. They'll always disappoint you. It's just a matter of fact. Don't love the ones who trust you. It's just not in your heart. You're a teasing little twist.
what'd you give me? I gave you Undercover by Suzanne Sunfer off of the album Music for People in Trouble from 2017. And it's the closest thing in the country. I only say that because <laughs> it has a steel guitar in it, so it counts, right? It's not country at all, I would say. <laughs> okay, the steel guitar gives you country points, but overall, this is a good pop. It's not really pop either, though. Like, what would you call they, it? They list her as art pop. Okay. Slightly elevated pop is what I guess that means. What would you categorize Adele? Because it's kind of like that. Adele's it's like pop, but like pop. easy listening pop. Hmm. It's not like synth pop where it's like... Is that what synth sounds like? I don't know. <laughs> Let me bring that up because she's usually a synth pop artist. Oh, really? That's a waste. Yeah, her last. <laughs> Sorry. That was very think, judgy. Do you think Lady Gaga is a waste? Well, okay, since you brought it up, it's a waste of a talent. It's like, what's his name? He was the first winner of the Mass Singer. T-Pain. T-Pain. Spoiler. Fucking auto-tune up the wazoo when he came out covers his beautiful, natural, God-given talent of a singer for auto-tune bullshit. Like, really, dude? Really? Like, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. You have created an auto-tune nightmare in the pop world. Like, the whole time you've had this beautiful voice. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, I wish I had that. Yeah. You know? It's like, what a waste. Same thing with, like, Lady Gaga and, you know, apparently this chick. Because they both have amazing talents. And I get that art is a pretty personal thing and you can decide to do what you want with it. But in my opinion, it's still kind of a waste of a great voice. I agree. So in her instance, I found her out from her synth pop album, 10 Love Songs. I thought it was really good. But you are right where her talent was not as in the forefront because there were synth pop songs. Right. And then she came out with this album, which was a, let's say a left turn. Like it still retains her sound, but um, it showcases her voice a lot more and it's more naked. She has less to hide behind, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't need to hide behind anything. Yeah. So I was extremely impressed with her as a singer. She's got a great tone and she has great control and she has interesting runs. So it's not like the typical Mariah Carey run where it's the same run every fucking song and she also has that ability to like whisper sing while being very controlled yeah. like Ivor so she she actually reminded me a lot of Ivor mm-hmm. mixed with Nora Jones and Corinne Bailey Ray and then also throw in some like Sarah Bareilles okay and yeah. then like you get her and you get her sound and it, it's cool it's beautiful I, I dug it could you see a country artist stealing this I'm sorry no. covering this I'm just in like kinda... a traditional country sense yeah like they like would sound? take they would take the steel guitar that's very subtle in this version and just ramp it up but the vocal line would be essentially the same yeah I mean the vocal line to me didn't read country like the melody didn't read country I got a little bit of that country with the steel guitar at the end, which was like one of my favorite parts was when the song builds because the song starts off super simple and it's just her and the piano. Mm -hmm. And then it starts building throughout the song and she starts layering on different things like she layers on some harmonies and then she layers on different instruments towards the end. You have that steel guitar and then you have some percussion instruments. I don't think it's like hardcore drum set. It sounded like a shaker and a tambourine maybe yeah, that's right. and some cymbals uh-huh very light it was an obvious build but it wasn't boom in your face i'm gonna key change it up and like build this shit right yeah it was just like growing to that and it was nice because it kept the song interesting mm-hmm. that build and her ad-libbing at the end that was like my favorite part like going back to your question about a country person singing it i don't know i'd have to listen to it with that question in mind i just kind of think of like dolly again she has i will always love you which yep. I didn't know it was hers originally. Yeah. Everyone her version knows is... the Whitney Houston version. Yeah, her version right? is not the best. Whitney's is the best. But this was country into R&B. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking the other way where this art pop goes back down. Yeah, down. That's what I said. I said that <laughs> back down to the country sewers. Dick. I imagine you could rework this and add a shit ton more steel guitar, uh, maybe a little more drums, maybe take out the piano and do it on, on the acoustic guitar. Or like a banjo. Banjo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the lyrics are depressing enough that it kind of fits right in. I mean, it's an intriguing question. So the entire album uh, came out in 2017. I was listening to this album in a year where I lost an uncle and a cousin. Mm. I was actually listening to it when I found out the news that my cousin was in the hospital. And so this album means that much more to me. And I know she didn't write it for me in mind. She wrote it because of her travels and she was thinking about the environment and the impact on the environment as a collective whole the album was inspired by that that doesn't mean all the songs are about that as evidenced by this song it's not 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 about about the environment environment. but it's (laughs) about as a collective people what we're doing to the planet and destroying it but anyway the album to me means the losses in my life in 2017 Mm. i saw her live once it was just two people it was a very stripped down show Mm -hmm. and it was really good it really showcased her voice like she had really nothing to hide behind i don't remember a time where i had like goosebumps so many times in the same show (gasps) you got goosies i got goosies yeah it's just like she even took her synth pop songs and turned them into something that sounds like what's on this album oh that's cool and it's like wow i felt so cold i just want to hug myself like (laughs) Because I was by myself. I had nobody to hug. I was just like, oh, oh this is so, so good. So sad you were at a concert by your scene. Uh, and then someone in the crowd was talking Swedish to her. And she's like, hello, I'm not Swedish. <laughs> she's from Norway. Oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a little bit of like a Scandinavian vibe from her. Her pronunciations are over pronunciations sometimes when mm-hmm. she sings. Very similar to Ivor. And so I was like, huh, I'm betting she's from Scandinavia. I couldn't quite figure out exactly where. Good ear. Um, you talked about the instrumentation and then the ending and the lead up to the ending. ending is my favorite part as well and there's that choir in the background yeah that is uh over everything at the end and yep. just like a punch in the heart yeah it's a really nice touch i don't think we talked about the lyrical content let's talk about that you know for such a lovely song the lyrics are a downer man they're depressing well i mean you can kind of hear the sadness in her voice right and the sadness in the music okay i can see what you're saying but it's kind of like a mixture of sadness and happiness interweaved together yeah overall the sense and the feeling that i get isn't one of crazy sadness that's just not what comes off in the music to me and the lyrics i think support that because the lyrics are a bit disheartening and frustrated that's what i got Mm -hmm. less tearful and complete despair and more just frustration and disheartened yeah but she starts it off by saying don't trust the ones who love you because if you love them back they'll always disappoint you it's just a matter of fact and then she flips it and she says don't love the ones who trust you it's just not 
in your heart, you're a teasing little twister and they're dancers in the dark. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, then you're just fucked, right? Who are you supposed to love then? It's just utter frustration that you're sensing from her. Yeah. She was hurt by somebody. Right. Somebody she loved and trusted. It sounds like she went and hurt somebody else then. You know, the knife cuts both ways. Right. The pictures that she's painting with the words are are beautiful. They're dancers in the dark. I don't know. That makes me think a little bit of uh, Elton John's Tiny Dancer. And I'm just like, oh. What is dancers in the dark mean? Is there a real meaning? What do you think it means? Oh, shit. There's a meaning. There's a meaning to it. That's not as simple as dancers in the dark. I didn't know this until I'm like, what does this mean? God damn it. Are you going to ruin it for me? Are you thrashing around in a room, knocking shit over? Are you doing like break dancing with the lights off? Yeah, that's what I thought. What's dancers in the dark? Dark. Is that sex? It is the sex. Okay. He said, i make it a sex. <laughs> okay, so that makes sense. But then she's just calling them sex. Like, they're just sex. It's a song about a sexual relationship. Friends with benefits. No yeah. emotional attachment. Or she, wanting that, right? Yeah, she doesn't yeah. want that. She just wants the physical connection. Because anything more is just going to break her heart. Wow, that's an okay interpretation of Dancers in the Dark. I really was quite innocent in just thinking that it's just literally people dancing in the dark. <laughs> Me too. But it's... <laughs> and I always envisioned it as like solo dancing. <laughs> well, you can do that too. No one who's going to stop you. True. The whole thing is about a casual sexual relationship. She even goes more where she says, they'll kiss you in the evening, devils in disguise, love you till the morning, then vanish before your eyes. Yeah. It's kind of like the Marina and the Diamond song, You Gave Me Lies, where it's a casual relationship. Yeah. In a different sense, where like she actually has feelings. Right. Or in this case, it's just no feelings. Well, she has feelings. She just doesn't want them. So for this person, she's like trying to drown her feelings in meaningless sex. Yeah. So she has them. They may not be for the person that she's looking for meaningless sex from. She's trying to work through them. Yeah. Out of five pedal steel guitars, what do you give undercover? Uh, I'm going to give it a five. thought you Yay. hit it <laughs> out of the park. I really, really like her. I don't think that there's anything that she could do to make that song better. It's a really good song. Good job, Peter. I did it, y'all. One time, I was extreme snowboarding, and it was really extreme, and I did a triple backflip off a cliff. This one time, I was wrestling a bear, and it was really extreme, because the bear put my hand off, and I sewed it back on myself. I was playing extreme basketball, and instead of a normal ball, we used a bowling ball with spikes in it. And this other time, I was extreme skydiving, and it was really extreme because we didn't have parachutes. We had to catch birds. What do you have for me? Yeah, okay, so I hope my song can be a good one, too. (laughs) It's The Extreme Song of Extremeness. No joke, that's the name. The Extreme Song of Extremeness. And it's by the Ultra Cheesy Flubbed Up Nuclear Cheese Balls. Okay, stop right there, five out of five. I don't (laughs) even need to hear the song. (laughs) We don't even need to talk about anything else. The name of the song, the name of the band, (laughs) it wins. Right, and then the name of the album because it's from 2007, is They Are Coming, dot, dot, dot. Hide the cheese. Yes. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) 5.5 out of 5. 
God damn, that's amazing. And if anybody knows me, I love me some fucking cheese, dude. I love eating it. I love hearing people ham up and cheese it up. Like, I just, I love me some fucking cheese. We had this inaugural Valentine's Day tradition where we went to Mission Cheese, which is gone. Now you're gonna make me sad. Rest in peace, Mission Cheese. I know, I miss it already. Every year they pair five cheesies with five (laughs) beers. I wouldn't say 100% of them worked, but the ones that really worked... They knocked it out of the park. Like, I still remember to this day that there's a blue cheese and stout that they paired together. Yeah, which I thought was going to be fucking weird as fuck, but it was good. Yeah. But now you're making me sad because now I want cheese, number one. And number two, I can't go to Mission Cheese anymore because they closed. Sorry. So if anybody wants to open up a cheese shop in the Bay Area and partner with me so that I can eat all the cheese at said cheese shop, then hit me up. I miss my cheese shop. So anyways, so this song... How did you find how did you find the song first of all? I don't remember how I found this band, but I remember I found their song about dinosaurs <laughs> first because you know, I, I love cheese, but I also love me some dinosaurs. I wonder if they have something else. And then they have this one. And I was like, yes, this is this is it. This is the one. I don't remember exactly how I found it. It must have been something that came across my feed on Spotify. Yeah, they know you well, don't they? Yeah, I don't know how. They figured out you like dinosaurs. They figured out you like cheese. <laughs> and there must have been some sort of metal in your history because obviously I've given you a few songs, right? Yeah, it must have been from your song. And then you just jumble that all together the computer goes beep boop bop and then it gave you this song i'm not quite sure how much i like knowing that the computers in my life know me that well that scares me (laughs) yeah i made the joke where in the future they'll be able to construct us and our personalities based off of our social media accounts and a few people i've said that to they're like oh like the black mirror episode i'm like motherfucker they stole my idea (laughs) but they probably came up with it first if I get reduced down to what's on my social media feed in life. I'm going to be really sad. It's going to be this robot that like hoards a bunch of pit bull puppies, (laughs) eats cheese all day. And just in my dinosaur costume, which my sister-in-law gave me one, which I love. Shout out to her. Thank you. It's the best. Okay, um, so I was trying to find information about this band. It's very hard to come by. Did you find anything? Do you know anything about this band? Yeah, they're from Alaska. It's kind of like a garage band. Like, they're two dudes. I was like, yeah, let's make funny songs. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. Must be bored up in Alaska for a bit. That's what I found anyways. I couldn't find much on them. Like, they don't have a website. I think they have a Facebook they have a um, MySpace, I think. Yeah. I think it's dead. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was probably but, created but. before MySpace migrated over to their new format, yeah, which yeah. nobody and, uses. Yeah, and Spotify only has their last album, I think, from before 2010. I don't even know if they're still together. I, I don't know. God, I hope they are because their music is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I also found them on TikTok of all places. <laughs> I don't even have a TikTok on my phone or, or anything. But when I was looking for this band, I found them on TikTok. And there's one video that features only one of their songs. And it's the duck song. Uh. And there's a, there was a nurse in an N95 mask. It was the style that looks like a duck bill. Uh. And she was like jamming out to the duck song on her TikTok video. And it was kind of cute. That's it. That's all I found too. They're from Alaska. Oh, man. I found them on YouTube as well. And this YouTube video has 28 views. And I'm pretty sure three to five of those are mine. And me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but dude, that's awesome. Like, I feel like this is something that we would do with our friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're good musicians. I'm going to give them that. And they've got that creativity and that spunk to just like write songs about fucking dinosaurs and extreme extremeness. Extreme. <laughs> extreme. 
Extreme. Yeah. My first thought is this sounds like shit, but like <laughs> I know that that sounds like an insult, but um, it sounds like shit in the way that a lot of early black metal sounds where it's like in a basement. It's like yeah. a ca- Casio keyboards and like yeah. shitty ass drums. It's and grungy. It sounds so awful, but that's part of the aesthetic now where a lot of bands have modern day equipment. They can make it sound fantastic. They purposefully make it sound like shit to harken back to the old days when yeah. the, there was technological limitations. Nerd. And so I like... <laughs> I like how that how shitty it sounds. It adds to the aesthetic and it's part of the charm. Yeah. Um, I also got like suicidal tendencies vibes. Are you familiar with that song? I'm no. sorry, that band? No, I'm not. You're familiar with Institutionalized where it goes dun 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 They're like a punk, punkish mm-hmm. metal, punk metal band. Yeah, it's got punk thrown in there, but there's some blast beats behind it too. Yeah. It also gave me some like system of a down vibes too. Yeah. I bring up System of Down because the very first vocal line is that very high pitched. It reminds me of when um, Darren, the guitar slash second vocalist, uh-huh. does that crazy um, scream at the, at the beginning of that one song. Why don't the princes fight the wars? Is oh, that that yeah. Why don't the princes fight the wars? Why don't the princes fight the wars? Yeah. What is that first vocal line? I've replayed it several times. What is he saying? It's like, sometimes it's punk, this is. Sometimes this is. I tried like that. so many times and I'm like, the best thing I could come up with is, come try this come, kitties. <laughs> that come, might be it. Come try this come, kitties. <laughs> I don't think that's it. We might never know. Maybe we can uh, email these fools and convince them to create more music together. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell us what that is. So what did you think about the song? Like we talked a lot about the kitschiness and like the silliness of it. But musically, besides the throwback to like the shittier sound recording era, what do you think? It's fun, dude. It's fairly simple. And, and you know, it's a repeating riff, but it works and it does what it needs to do. It doesn't need to be fancy. <laughs> um, it also has a shitty guitar solo too towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> which is great too it adds to that shitty aesthetic yeah what was your favorite My, extreme okay. of extremeness i'm gonna list a few of them really quickly the snowboarding wrestling a bear basketball with a bowling ball with spikes skydiving with no parachute extreme mountain biking skateboarding surfing bungee jumping and ponies <laughs> wait so my favorite was the bear bit his hand off and he had to sew it back on himself yeah that's my favorite too <laughs> oh yeah, it is yeah that's my nice. favorite one as well um probably the second one would be the bowling ball and then third one would be ponies if i had to rank yeah the ponies one is pretty awesome the extreme ranking but the wrestling a bear and getting it bit off and then sewing it back on himself is extreme (laughs) and metal as fuck and and that ending too where it's just extreme 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 fantastic perfect way to end the song (laughs) wait no it ends on ponies well yeah of course but like the outro let's say that yeah yeah fantastic it's pretty awesome it's a good mix of punk and death metal is that what you said what what kind of thrasher yeah punk thrash yeah suicidal tendencies system of a down jumble those all together and this would come out this would be oh then up. like basement black metal quality recording okay so how many blast beats out of five would you rank this one i was originally going to give this four this has grown on me and you know it just has this charm to it that i absolutely love and <gasps> five out of five yes Five out of five blast beats. What? Five out of five extreme of the extremeness. I don't think I've ever gotten a five out of five from you. No, you have. You Did have, I? Um, Did I get twice, that from Marvin? Marvin? Marvin Gaye, <gasps> um, Inner City Blues, and 
Marina and the Diamonds. Oh, I, yeah, I like that song right. a lot. That was like a so sleeper. I gave, I gave that a five as well. It also kind of reminds me of the song we did previously, To the Pint. Oh, How yeah. It has that punk feeling to it. Yeah, it's just three Except minutes they, of that. They, yeah, they stretched it to three <laughs> times as long. Whereas Trappists were like, we'll, we'll do two verses, same verse, and then be done. Let's get out. And then we're too drunk. We can't think of anything yeah. <laughs> else to, to rhyme with. <laughs> but this song is so extreme. We have to do it three times as long. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That was good. This is a good song, and I want to listen to the album now. Look at us being all, like, awesome with our crisscross applesauce. Who would have thought? Yeah. Cheers to you. Cheers, bitches. Thank you for listening to Two Songs, One Couple. If you like what you hear and you want more, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TwoSongsOneCouple.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye. There is no auto-tune. Nope. Thanks to T-Pain. <laughs> well, just because she does synth pop doesn't mean she uses that auto-tune. No, I just wanted to di- give another dig at T-Pain. I'm so mad at him. Anytime we can talk <laughs> shit about T-Pain, John Mayer. No. I'm not going to invoke the 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 ginger's name. Because um, <laughs> if you say it enough, they appear behind you and start singing. <laughs> I don't want that shit. It's like Candyman, dude. The ginger. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, that's my horror movie, where it's like, you're in a mirror, and you say, Ginger Man, Ginger Man, Ginger Man, and then shows up behind you, and he starts singing one of his songs. I would kill myself. Okay. Um, oh, my God, that's awesome.